Welcome to another exciting episode of Adulting Poorly. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Phipps. In the background, you will hear my co-host, which is my dog, Zoe. She's a fucking asshole. She will make sounds. There's nothing we can do about this. All right. It's been kind of a weird and busy week. A lot of things have happened. Um, a lot of big things, like the Mueller report dropping, uh, then Trump trying to weaponize the report for his own benefit against media groups and the mainstream media, you know, not Breitbart or Fox, but mainstream for damn sure. Um, as well as like free agency craziness and just life in general. And also some weird shit that continues to happen. I don't know if it just happens to me, but with drivers in this area, it's a new trend that's getting worse and worse by the day. And I just don't understand it. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Um, I may have tried to use my junkyard cookies as a means to commit insurance fraud, and by that I mean that I brought them to where I get my physical therapy done and tried to trade them for a copay. All joking aside, I brought them in because I continued to talk about them and somebody wanted to have those cookies in their face, which turned into me giving the recipe to literally every single person that was there doing PT. So I was asked to maybe do them one more time on my podcast uh, so I'm going to jump into that first and then everything else. And then we're going to end this off with the kind of the state of recruiting as far as from my perspective, um, looking for a job right now and the way that it's currently handled is absolutely fucking astounding to me. And I just need to get it off my chest. All right. So let's start with one of my favorite things, which is always cooking. Um, and in this case, it's the junkyard cookies. For those of you who have seen or heard or even tasted the junkyard cookies, it's a simple philosophy. Take whatever the hell you have in your pantry that you find to be delicious and put it in a fucking cookie. It's, it's really that simple. What I do with mine is a little bit different because, um, I've had, well, I've had chances to actually, you know, dabble and test and do different things and improve upon my recipe. So here's what I do. I take a cup of regular flour and then I take a cup of ground up graham crackers. Literally, I just throw fucking graham crackers in the food processor, dump those in. It's part of my dry goods. Instead of using regular table salt, I use kosher salt, coarse kosher salt because I want more salt out there. I want you to taste it. Um, and then instead of vanilla, I use vanilla paste. Um, and in some cases I swap out brown sugar for coconut sugar or brown sugar for honey, depending on how I want the flavor to go. So instead of doing three quarter cups, brown sugar, do whatever you would choose. Um, so you do three quarter cups, regular sugar, three quarter cups, whatever you're subbing, or just use brown sugar, uh, two cups of chocolate chips. But then I do things a little bit differently. I like to throw in a cup of grated coconut. And, of course, it's the fucking kind that has sugar in it, because I'm not a psychopath. Um, and then, like, a cup to, to, like, actually, it's more like a cup and a half to two cup of oats. It's really depending on how it looks. Like, you're looking at it. Do you see that there's a good oat ratio there? Are you going to get enough in your cookie? If not, just fucking add more. But that's also why I kind of don't do a full uh, two and one quarter cups when I do flour, because I know I'm adding other ingredients that are going to kind of act as that, act as kind of the flour itself. Um, and then uh, I use just regular butter. I don't do salted butter. I did that once, and mixing that with the coarse sea salt, it kind of made it really over-the-top 
salty. Not to mention there was um, dry roasted almonds in there too, which really brought out a lot of that smoke and salt flavor. So it was almost overpowering. So here's what you can do after the fact. Just what I just said. You can add any kind of nut you want into there. Just You can either do kind of a light chop, a big chop. Doesn't matter. How much of that flavor do you want? Do whole fucking almonds and just fold it in at the end. The last set I made... I didn't put any nuts in because I was bringing them to, well, a doctor's office, and I didn't know if there was anybody there that could be allergic to nuts, but I was going to add pistachios, whole pistachios, um, shelled, of course, because that would be a fucking horrible surprise to bite into a rich, gooey chocolate chip cookie and break your teeth. Um, but I backed out the pistachios and started thinking about how I could use them in a different cookie, which that recipe is ongoing in my brain right now, um, but added whole potato chips and there's two ways i've done this in the past you either just dump the potato chips in as your final step like you've added everything else you've mixed it together you've used a hand mixer now you're just folding the dough over and over but you're doing it with the chips in there so you get large chunks of chips the other way is to if you're more scientific about the way you do this you ball up your cookies you get them ready to go then you mash up the chips and you roll the balls in there so there's even coating all the way around and bake them. I don't do that because when I'm watching my cookies in the oven, um, normally they say it's like 9 to 11 minutes, but because I make bigger cookies and there's more shit in them, it's more like 13 to 15. So I set my oven temperature at 375 and then I have... Um, my timer set for 13 minutes, and you can really smell where they're at, but I like to look at them to make sure that they're getting a nice golden brown around the edge, but not so much in the center, because I want to pull it before it's fully cooked in the center. Like, it's it's cooked, and you're not going to get salmonella or anything, but you can pull them out, and then as you take them off and put them on a cooling rack, they settle a little bit, and you still get that gooey center. So, you know, it's got a bite to it. It's not like full-on fucking dough. It's got some bite there, but... It's a gooey center with potato chips and everything in the inside, and it's fucking delicious. If you do it with nuts, again, same thing. Pull them out at that point. You could certainly chop them up finely, roll your dough into balls, and do that. I just, I can't see the outside of the cookie to know when to pull them, which is the reason why I don't do it. And again, you can do this however you want to. I've used habanero um, almonds and... Uh, double down on not only the chocolate chips, but gone darker on the chocolate and then use more cocoa powder and boom, you have like a Mexican chocolate cookie that has a great salt, sweet, and then spice on the back end of it. And it's fucking delicious. Um, but yeah, they're super, super simple to make. If anything you like can think of, that's what you do. So I said pistachios earlier. Here's my thought on these. I want to make a pistachio brittle. There's that fucking asshole. Do you hear? Can't stop. She cannot fucking stop being an asshole. Yeah. Go see what it is. Go fuck somebody up. All right. Where was I? Pistachios. I want to make a pistachio brittle and then break that brittle up and put it into the cookies. Take the coconut out. I don't think you need it for this, but it's going to give it kind of that scotchy element. And if you notice, you know, like a, a good cookie that are scotchies in there rather than um, chocolate chips. I think if you were to do a dark chocolate with pistachio brittle and same thing as far as the rest of the ingredients go, oats, 
Um, definitely adding the graham cracker because I think the graham cracker and a like a brittle would go very well together. Um, but you're gonna need some kind of spice element. So when you're making that brittle, uh, one of the things you may want to put in there is you want to base it like with honey, um, butter, and then cayenne pepper. I would put definitely put some cayenne in there, not a lot, but just a little bit, or even like red pepper flakes. And I know that sounds gross. But when you add everything together, dark chocolate, pistachio brittle with pepper flakes, oats, everything else, that bite of that cookie, you're going to have a tremendous crunch to it, not only from the brittle, but the, the actual pistachios themselves. And then it's going to give you like depth of flavor, crunch, sweet, um, and then boom, into a little bit of that spice. Uh, that's what I'm thinking right now. I don't know if I'm going to make them. I've been given a moratorium on making cookies because uh, number one, um, I'll eat five pounds of them and I'll gain 10 pounds in my ass, like all cookie ass all the time. All right, moving on. Uh, I'm only a touch on the Mueller report for just a second because the reality is, is that we don't know what we don't know yet. The only thing the report says right now is that there is nothing that ties Trump or the campaign to colluding with Russia, even though... Putin has pretty much come out and said that he fixed the 2016 election so Trump would win. But as I've stated a whole bunch of times before, um, there's there was definitely a, a lot going on around Trump. Papadopoulos, Flynn, uh, Manafort, you name it. There has been many people that have come forward, those who are actually being indicted and actually going to jail who colluded with Russia on multiple occasions. And there's still the conversation between Eric Trump, or not Eric Trump, Donald Trump Jr. and the Russian oligarchs, which happened, or I should say it was a representative of the Kremlin who was there to tell him how they were going to use Hillary's emails to help bring down the election. I, I don't understand how that's not colluding. Maybe that would have just been agreeing at that point. Like, of course you do. Um, but a lot of people that have come out and said that the report itself is useless I can't say that. I haven't seen it. I don't think most people, no one in Congress has seen it. No one in the House has seen it. So you can't say it's useless yet. And the fact that Mueller came right out and said, I don't, like, this report doesn't exonerate him. It's just, here's our findings. This is what we found out. Um, one of the things I look at as just, and this is my conspiracy theory brain goes here, and I don't know why I can't turn this off. Uh, I would think at my age it would be something I could. But... Mueller, being a lifetime civil servant and also living through Watergate, um, do you think maybe he pulled some punches on the report itself? Like, our country could not actually sustain an impeachment? I mean, if you think about it, the impeachment process, I think, began, and I'm, I'm going to fuck up history as much as I can, but I know the process had begun, or at least the conversations with Richard Nixon, and then he stepped down. So, just seeing the outcome of a president stepping down over allegations, uh, obstruction being the biggest, uh, was almost too much for our country to handle at that time. Mueller lived through that. So, do you think that he may have pulled any punches as far as this report is concerned, knowing that it would be a detriment to the United States. Even though Donald Trump is a detriment to the United States, what would be worse? Going through the process of impeachment, knowing that he 
helped rig an election, and then then what? Then it's Pence. Then I mean, where do you go from there? Does that leave our country in this as a huge target? I mean, granted, we're already the laughing stock of most of the world right now, but would this make it worse? Would we, as a country, look? Could we recover from that? Would our next election be even worse? Like, how would we make change? Anyway, that's my thought process. And I guess the, the, the overarching theme is uh, there ain't nothing until there's something. And I know that sounds stupid, but, like, there's nothing for us to talk about until there's something for us to talk about. And until I see the report, I'm really not going to say shit. Like, even the stupid shit I just said is just dumb thoughts rattling around in a fucking idiot's brain. Okay? So, it doesn't mean anything. We'll find out more later. Uh, I would just tell everyone to relax and just see where it goes. Uh, All I know is that this doesn't benefit either side. Um, And it really does... it only benefits one person right now, and that's Trump. And the way that Trump is actually kind of weaponizing this report against major media, that's the most terrifying thing about this, as far as the outcome is concerned. Is immediately the media is the enemy of the state, and I've been telling you the whole time, and da 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 da. Yeah, but you probably spent 22 months with your fucking butthole just clinched, like couldn't squeeze a fart out, couldn't squeeze a dime in. Like, really bad, man. So let's. Like, take it back a notch. All right. Um, I'm going to move on. Trust me, we'll come back to this topic later. But as, as of right now, I want to move on. And not to mention, I want to have this conversation with somebody else. Not just me in my basement being a fucking loser. Um, moving on. Uh, there's been, like, a weird development in my area of the country lately. And I think the state of Washington has, by par, some of the worst drivers I've ever been around. And I don't know if we have, it's because we have so many transplants um, and people just forget how to drive when they get up here. But things that I've seen as of late are driving me absolutely nuts. But the biggest one, and I've talked about this before, but it's getting so much more prevalent. I see it all the time now. And maybe it's because I'm home during the day and I go run errands or whatever that I'm seeing it more. It's not just like driving back and forth from the gym. It's all the fucking time. It's people drifting into another lane, into oncoming traffic, because there is either a bicycle, a pedestrian, or a car that they're trying to pass. Now, this is a standard operating procedure, being able to shift into the other lane, signaling to get into a lane that is oncoming traffic to go around an obstruction and then move back into your lane. What is not legal is doing it while there are fucking cars coming at you. Now, driving down the road by my house, this fucking horrible human being comes pulling out of all places, a church. There is a car on the side of the road who is attempting to either make a phone call or read a text message or whatever it is. But this individual did the right thing by pulling over to the side of the road as to not be a distracted driver. Okay. Now, this suburban comes behind her, this white fucking giant suburban comes pulling down the street I, I'm on the opposite side driving, hoping to dear God that this woman just slows down, waits for me to pass and then goes around her because there is nobody behind me and how do I know it's because I fucking looked because I knew deep down what was about to happen that this woman was just going to pull right into my lane and then honk and give me the finger which is exactly what 
happen. Worse is I was driving the Hulk, which is my 78 Ford. And that thing is does not have disc brakes. In fact, the master cylinder was just replaced, so the brake system is finally working right again. But how is she supposed to know that? You should just look at the fact that there is a 40-year-old vehicle just barreling down on me that is all steel that will rip my little fucking car apart. Nope. This fucking horrible woman swings out into traffic right, just right in front of me, causing me to hit my brakes and slide to the side of the road. And as she passed me, because I was laying on the horn, as she passed me, she gave me the finger and was screaming at me for being in my lane. Here's the reality. I have the right of way. I should be able to be in that lane and not have to worry about these things. But this is happening more and more and more and more. I had a woman nearly run Olivia and I off the road because around a blind corner, she was doing 45 and a 25. I went to turn and she slid to a stop. Now she looked panicked like, fuck, I fucked up. So she did that wave thing and kind of looked down. You know, that's the opposite direction of where you're at, down in a way, the, the wave of the, oh my god, I'm sorry, but I have three kids in the back, and I kind of fucking hate my life, and I'm driving a minivan, and I want to die. Okay, that's the right reaction there. Honking and giving somebody the finger because you were blatantly breaking the law, only because you want to, because you feel you deserve the lane more than I do, you should go right to fucking hell. I should be able to run you off the road, then... Hitch your car to the back of mine and fucking tow you to the nearest police station. Drag you inside and go, write this bitch a ticket, please. I'm going to start putting a video camera in my car just so I can film this shit happening. So I can actually talk through it as it's occurring. The, I don't believe you're about to do this. Please don't do this. I'm actually having this conversation with myself as this is occurring. Don't do it. Come on, lady. Prove me wrong. Show that there's something left in humanity. Show me that you know the right thing to do. You just came out of a church for the love of God. Nope. No love. No love for God. No love for me. No love for the law. Just drift over and fuck off. That's pretty much what happened. This is happening more and more lately. And I just... Please, if you're listening to this, just do the right thing. But be aware that it is occurring too. So if you have cyclists in your areas, you're probably running into this as well. And it, by the way, I used to hate the cyclists for things happening. And I still do to some extent. But my biggest problem with cyclists is that they're not following the rules of the road because that is what they are supposed to do. They are a vehicle on the road. They have to follow the rules of the road. That means you don't get to pass all the traffic and sit at the front of the light and then blaze through the red light because there's a space available. You have to do what we do. You have to wait in line. And if you're going to go over to the sidewalk, then stay on the fucking sidewalk. Okay? Don't get back in the lane. If there are six cars behind you, you have to pull your fucking ass over and let me pass you. Rules of the road. Follow them. Okay? Don't ride five deep when you are not supposed to be doing that. I think it's too deep and that's it. That's it. I'm not telling you you don't deserve to be on the road. Just follow the fucking rules of the road. Don't blow through stop signs. What kind of dickhead comes down a hill on a road that's 35 miles an hour, I don't have to stop, blows through a stop sign, and then has the nerve to fucking go off on you at the next light? That's just, like, amazing. I got out of my car for that one. I really wanted to have this conversation, but I wanted to have it holding his bike and then 
violently slamming it down on him. But you know, here they're there. And I didn't do that, by the way. If there's anybody from the law listening, <clears throat> I digress. Uh, I want to jump into what I think is my my real topic for today, and that is um, the state of recruiting. And also kind of the, I would say, the new <sighs> diversity and inclusion and how it's kind of impacted recruiting. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine that's a recruiter for a local company, uh, a very large local company. And I was telling her kind of the struggles that I'm going through right now, just trying to get callbacks. And she said, the two biggest issues I have going against me right now, number one is I'm white, and number two, I'm a man. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And she was like, nope. White men are, for them, the lowest on the hiring totem pole, meaning that we take your resume, even if you're the most qualified, and we put you at the bottom. And we put you at the bottom because... We need to be diverse and inclusive, which means that we need to look at as many candidates as possible and find one that, you know, may potentially fit a need. We need more women in this industry. Okay. We need more people of color in this industry. Okay. I, which, by the way, I, I don't care about, but the problem is, if you're being a diverse and inclusive, how can you take one entire race and gender and say, nope, you guys fuck off? And I'm not even saying this as, as a white man. I'm actually more confused about how you can have those two statements together. We are we are diverse. We are inclusive. As long as you're not a white dude. If you're a white dude, I'm sorry. We can't we can't help you. No. You guys have had it too good for too long. I don't disagree with that. Um, but you can't be diverse and inclusive and then say we're not including one, one entire segment. I thought a diversity inclusion was making sure that if you are someone of Muslim faith or Christian or whatever the case is, that we are actually making um, every, we're doing everything possible to make sure that we are accounting for your needs and making sure that our management staff understands, you know, things that could be considered to be rude or that could be considered to be slander or racist comments or just ignorant things that people say. That is what I thought diversity and inclusion did. Not we need to get more diverse, and by doing that, we need to make sure that the best qualified people need to go eat shit. And by the way, and that's kind of, I wouldn't say what I'm running into, but I'm running into some of the weirdest shit possible right now. Um, somebody told me, they were like, hey, just start marking that you're black. Or just don't, don't designate it anymore. Granted, your name's kind of a fucking dead giveaway. You have the whitest name possible. But just... Don't designate. Don't designate your color. Don't designate anything. In fact, me put a highlight over one of your initials so it may look like Michelle. Oh, no, it's Michael. That's weird. It shouldn't be on your resume like that. But just to get your foot in the door, maybe say you're black. Who knows? Just to see what happens. See if you actually get an interview after that. Because right now, the weird thing is, I, I feel like a woman or man could be, who just started dating in a digital age. And you don't understand the concept of ghosting. I have had so many interviews and conversations with different companies. And each one seems incredibly excited about the next steps. And then never contacts you back. And it would seem if your entire job is getting people 
to work for your company, you are leaving a horrible first impression with somebody who could potentially work for you later on. Uh, I talked to one company who was incredibly understanding, was very high in contact with me, and then the position that I was going for went away. They had a reorg and decided they didn't need this position by the way that they were reorganizing. Uh, I got a callback, a full explanation, and, hey, we may be hiring for something similar to this in the summer. Check back with us. You know, great conversation. I've had other conversations where I've had people tell me that I am the perfect candidate and then they never contact me again. What is the point of doing? I don't, I honestly, I don't get it. It's, I understand that recruiters are probably one of the busiest people in any given job, like, or any given profession. When it comes to recruiters, they have to work with the hiring manager, they have to work with HR, actually they're part of HR, and then they have to reach out to each individual and set up times, you know, that we can meet, and then after the meeting, hey, I've got to go back and say, hey, here's some positives and negatives, and I thought about the interview, and then moving on to potential next steps, but if there is no next step because the hiring manager, even the individual decides that it's not going to go any further, why wouldn't you just say, sorry, we're going in a different direction? Like, why is that so tough to say? You're doing it even over, um, like, email. You're not doing it face-to-face. It's a fucking Dear John John letter at that point. It's not like you have to physically interact with that person. I mean, and some companies put it right out there. Like, even if we decide to go in a different direction, we will not give you feedback. And I understand why. There's, you know, I bet you they've been sued or it becomes an argument. But whatever. I understand that. But to not even just say that we're not interested, that's incredibly unprofessional. And you are supposed to be, again, the first line of professionalism. You're supposed to be welcoming. It's like going to a restaurant. If I went to a restaurant and the maitre d' or the hostess was picking their nose and farted and turned around and was like, Oh my god, did you want a table? Fuck, that stinks. I am so sorry. But can I get you a table? I'm probably not going to eat at that restaurant. And I'm going to tell everyone about it. And some of the experiences I've had with different, I guess you could say, companies is similar to that. It's this weird interaction or a great interaction and then nothing after the fact. Have you ever been on a date that you thought was going so fucking well that you couldn't wait for the second date and then nothing? This is the same thing. The only difference is, this is fucking with somebody's life. Their mental state. Their well-being. Their ability to provide for their family. And you take it as more of a, well, it's just, uh, they'll figure it out. Like, there's no professionalism whatsoever there. And I have friends that have been recruiters. I have friends that are doing it right now. And they will argue this into the fucking ground that, well, you don't understand. And blah, 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 blah. Well, you don't understand the other side of it. You, I don't think recruiters have spent enough time being on this side of recruiting. Because you're, it's, recruiters are in high demand. And if you've done it well for one company, you're going to do it well for another company. Have you ever sat on this side waiting and then not gotten a callback or even a fuck you. I'd prefer a fuck you if they were like, you fucking suck ass. I wouldn't let you sniff my ball. So you're that bad. Okay. At least I got a response. But in this case, it's just it's just open. 
And the only way that you find out that you may not have qualified for the position is as you're looking on a job board, guess what pops up? Like two weeks later, the job that you interviewed for with no explanation. I went through my preliminary interview, a follow-up interview, and then an in-person interview with a company that shall not be named, but every phone uses its technology. And within that, after the last interview, which I thought was going great, the weird thing is I didn't want to work for this company. Like I knew that going into it. I, I just knew it was not culturally a good fit for me. Um, but I had to go all the way through the interview just to see, I mean, you know, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe there's something I'm not seeing yet. You know, it's kind of like dating. What am I missing here? Do you still live with your mom? No. Does your mom live with you? Yes. Yeah, got to ask other questions. Like, I got to figure out if this is the right company for me. But at the end of it, great handshake. I got, um, like, tchotchkes on the way out the door. I was like, this is fucking crazy. Nothing. So I started an email campaign of my own where I started emailing the recruiter once a day, then twice a day. Then three times the day, finally, they responded and said, we've decided to go in another direction. I had to take, granted, it's not a lot of time, but still like 12 hours of my time trying to get an answer from you. Now, granted, I was doing it mostly to be a dick because I knew that this is kind of the process now is just the ghost of the individual, but I wanted to see what did it take For them to respond to me. And yeah, it got to a point where I was sending three emails a day after sending, and I kid you not, 26 previous emails to get a response. 26. That's, I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. By five, you should be so irritated by me that you want to send me a fuck off message. But to wait, to wait for me to just not respond anymore? Like, is that what you're hoping for? Is that the end result? I just don't get it. The process right now is broken. And I think what's lost is there is, there's no humanity anymore. Your paper, your number, your just, your data points, your, your, your qualifications either popped on a word search or it didn't. That's what this has come to. I could care less if you're an individual. I need to know is, is this piece of paper telling me that you're right for the piece of paper I have in front of me. Almost what it boils down to. It's no longer, there's no caring anymore. I don't care about you. I care about getting this position filled as fast as possible because that's what I get bonused on as a fucking recruiter. And it doesn't matter if you're right, and it doesn't matter if your feelings get hurt, and it doesn't matter if I made it sound like you were perfect for this job and you were definitely going to get it. Like this, I can't imagine why you wouldn't get this job. And then never fucking call back. That's just, that's, that's just where we are at America. It is the text messaging, rather the phone call of America. We just don't care enough to follow through anymore. And everybody's been there in one instance or another, where it's dating, whatever, or a friend not getting back to you on a text message, whatever it is, where you have that anxiety and it's almost overpowering. And it's honestly 
it's kind of fucked up. <sighs> All right. I'm done for this week. Next week, let's see where the fucking week takes us. It's crazy town. Uh, I know that we were having trees taken down in our front yard that were destroyed by the snow. Guarantee something fucked up is going to happen. Um, so might as well just wait for that. Uh, what else? Shit, April Fool's Day is coming up. I don't do anything for that, but you never know with the people I know that I might be forced into it. And if it is, you sure as shit know I'm going to talk about it. All right. Talk to you all next week. Have a great week or month or year or whatever. 